Welcome to the Fifth Trooper Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Fifth Trooper Podcast. My name is Jay Shalansky and my co-host is Evan Bullris. Hey, how's it going? Today we have Mr. Bistro from Plaid Hat Games. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going well. How are you guys? Excellent. We're great. So I think first and foremost, Mr. Bistro, where, where's that name from? Why? 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 It's even on the game. It is. So, so years ago, so everyone from Plaid Hat, or those of us who were with the company in the very beginning, we were all big fans of this miniatures game called Heroescape, oh, um, yeah. which Hasbro put out years and years ago. Um, we, we just thought it was so much fun. We loved the terrain, really. And um, that's how we all got our start. So on the Heroescape forums, I was Mr. Beast. It was just some random name I came up with. Um, and then uh, there were a lot of community uh, tournaments with Heroescape. They were really common. So I would show up to the tournaments, call myself Mr. Bistro, so people who knew who I was online. My real name is Jason Glassbrenner, which doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so people just started calling me Bistro. And at some point, that just sort of like, when, when Plaid Hat got started, and I was going to get my first game published, which was um, Dungeon Run. Um, it was like, well, what do I call myself? And like, people only knew me as Bistro. I felt like that was like my brand. So, oh, sure, yeah. We, yeah. we just kept with it. It's a little weird because, like, I don't know how to introduce myself to people. Um, <laughs> like, when, when Asmo Day first bought us, I met uh, Christian Peterson. Uh, Colby introduced me to him. Uh, Colby is our, the head of Plant Hat. And I was like, hi, I'm Bistro. And then I, like, I saw his face, like, Bistro. And I was like, um, yeah. Regretting like, his entire decision. To- I could see like, the light in his eyes just like, switch off. He was like, oh, not this you know, guy. It was funny because we were talking about it. Like, what's he's, what if he's like, uh, you know, like a really high art type and he like, wants to go by a specific name? Like, yeah. we don't want to ask in case of like. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care. Like right, Prince sure. as a symbol, right? Yeah, like that's where that's where what waters we thought we were in here. Uh, but speaking of waters, we have your new game out, Forgotten Waters. Yeah. So yeah. we, uh, for those of you who haven't seen yet, uh, last week Evan and I and a bunch of our friends we did a live stream of this game, and we're in love with it. Yeah, like, it's fantastic. A hundred percent in love with this game. And this is something, you know, Evan and I have played Sea of Thieves for a long time, and we're we're into all these other different pirate games. But man, this one really just touches on all those notes. And so, you know, when you guys were looking at making this, uh, was that, you know, what what kind of inspiration did you did you come from? And what were you thinking about when you were putting this game together? Well, thanks. And first of all, you guys did a great job. I was really impressed um, because you guys were just like, you were super prepared. You ran through it. Like it was so smooth. I was, yeah, you guys did a really good job. So, yeah, I oh, think we you, only man. messed up like one rule. Yeah, and it was uh, easy to mess up rules. So, so really funny side note, Connor's going to kill us for saying this, but I don't care. So <laughs> you, you came into chat and you were like, Yo, you you know it's yeah. it's this, and uh, Connor was like starting to argue with yeah. you in the chat, <laughs> and I was like, so we have a screen in the uh, in the studio, so I pointed at your name, and then I pointed at the game, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> the game and he just he like kind of turned white a little bit and was like, oh, <laughs> well, I mean, what gamer hasn't at some point fallen victim to their own wishful thinking, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. it was such a pie thing to do though right like like i'm really? gonna just you know what? i'm gonna argue with this guy the hell with it <laughs> yeah i actually 
I've got a copy sitting next to me. I was like, oh, crap. Let's go look at the, the card real quick. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. That's not right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so sorry. That's a little, little sidetrack, but that was just a funny thing from our experience. We're, we're all drinking and playing this game and arguing with the, you know, one of the creators in chat. No big deal. Just another Friday for Fifth Trooper. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, so were you always in the Pirates or was this something that you got into for this game? So the initial idea came from Joe Ellis. Uh, he's our tech guy. Um, like he, you know, builds a website. He built the app for Forgotten Waters. He's also a game designer. And so he had this initial idea and he started to work on it. This was years ago. Um, this is probably, this is easily like the longest we've ever spent developing a game. It's about, about three years. Oh, wow. um, so he had the bare bones, this bare bones idea. It was really good. He kept developing it. Then he enlisted Isaac Vega. Um, Isaac was with us back then. Uh, he just recently left when we left Asmo Day. And um, Isaac was like, great. And he just sort of ran with it. He started adding stuff. So the two of them began building it out. And they brought me in. Um, I'm our fiction editor at Plant Hat. So I ended up doing a lot of the, um, the narrative writing for games. They brought me in. They're like, could you work on this? See what you think. And I just fell in love with this, this game. Like the idea was really good. Mm. And there wasn't the usual level of direction. Like normally when someone says, we need you to write for a game, there's like... Um, you know, this is a fairy tale kind of theme. Here's what you need to do. There's a lot of specifics and they gave me no specifics this time around. So I said, I'm going to write this the way I want to write. Actually, there were a few specifics and I also, I also ignored this. Um, <laughs> so I went for silly and it ended up working really well. Like it was already silly. I don't want to give the impression that it wasn't, but I went, I went full silly and, um, yeah, it ended up working really well. It was testing really well. So we all started to collaborate. Um, we had a, we're located in different areas in the country. Um, Isaac's in Texas, Joe's in Ohio, I'm in Virginia. So we all pulled together for a week, um, just really hammered everything out and then split back up again and, and got to work that way. So our inspiration, Joe's biggest inspiration is probably the old uh, Monkey Island games. Oh, yep. um, yeah. Easily. Uh, Isaac's a fan of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, and for me, it's all over the place. Like, uh, I've, who doesn't like pirates growing up? I think Lego pirates were like a big influence for me. <laughs> oh, I sure. love Legos. Uh, those came out when I was still fairly young. Um, so, yeah, it, pirates and silliness just go together really well because pirates are, they're really too horrible if you try and do it realistically. So, yeah, and it's, it's interesting too, um, you know, as I hear you talk about all like, so that's four different people, right? That all kind of had their hands in on this game and I'm sure more, but you know, th that's just the, the, the four as far as game design and, and, you know, who first started, but like you can feel there's multi-levels. It, it touches on all these different points, which I think are really key to making games successful in today's world where you have interactive interaction between players you you have competition between players you have uh you know the the in in-house in paper you know board in front of you but then you also have that digital element uh as well and i mean it just it's incredible how all those kind of seamlessly work together um you know because when evan first brought it to us I was a little worried when he was saying it had like an online app and stuff. I'm like, uh, oh, this probably isn't going to be that great, you know, cause those don't yeah. ever seem to like really function well, but the way with the number system, um, and we can explain it in a minute, but the way with the number system, it, it works so seamlessly. 
Thanks. Yeah. So originally when we first started developing it, we were going to have a booklet that you read from um, because it just seemed impossible for us to have an app. Uh, we were still part of Asmo Day. So when it came to apps, you know, you think of like fantasy flights apps. Those are yeah. really like the gold standard, right? So we were like, well, we'll never be able to do that because we would need Asmodee, you know, uh, Interactive or Fantasy Flight Interactive, whoever it is, to do it for us. And we're so small potatoes that might not work out. Mm. Uh, but then we were doing pricing. And like in order to do the kind of the size of stories we wanted, the book was going to be massive. Like yeah. it was, it was yeah. just going to be huge. And there'd be so much reading. Not everybody likes to read aloud. Um, you know, not everyone's great at it. You can be a perfectly fine reader, but reading aloud is like a whole other animal. And so at some point, Joe started doing the research and he's like, you know, I can make this myself. And that changed everything because, yeah. you know, first of all, the price of the game, like we, I think we charge, I don't, I don't even remember the price. <laughs> Anywhere from forty to sixty dollars, but like it, we 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 almost have the price. Just from you know, people don't think the books are, are a lot, but the weight in the box, all the paper, it was huge. Um, so then we start, you know, we start working on this app, and we start talking like, what are all the things people like about apps, and what are the things they don't like? And you know, we know the complaints. We have you know, between the three of us, we have mixed feelings too. So, you know, people, uh, they don't want it to be a video game. They're right. like, I specifically want a board game experience. So we knew we had to preserve that. Um, they're like, what happens if, you know, the internet collapses? And there's, <laughs> yeah. now my game doesn't work. It's like, well, there's other concerns, but yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can just download the app to your computer and it'll work forever. Yeah. So there's all these little things. We can do updates on the fly because it's a web app, not a native app that you got to, you know, get through your phone or tablet. And because it's not tied to any particular operating system, you know, if your phone updates, your app's going to keep working. It won't just suddenly stop working. Needs right. You only had to dev it once, right? You didn't have to do it three times for, for different. Okay. Right. So, and, so just to walk back real quick, it's yeah. uh, 50 bucks. 49. 50 bucks. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I said 40 to 60 because I yeah. thought it was 50, but I was yeah, like, just to job. be safe. Yeah, yeah. No, that was perfect. <laughs> I, I don't know if you could hear me typing, but I was like, I should Google this. <laughs> I did hear the typing. I, was, I could do it myself, but I was, I was lazy. No, no. Hey, you're our guest. We'll take care of the heavy lifting. You just, you just tell your stories. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with this, so, so for people who don't know, um, Basically, the, the game works that there's these tiles on the board and, and in the book that, you know, you're running through that, that initiate a number and it says read, passage, you know, whatever the number is. And what you do is you just type it in and hit enter uh, into, the, into the app. I'm putting at in, app in quotes because it's just like a website. And then you have an option of playing an audio file or just reading it yourselves. And what I found with it was it really helps you and like stay in character and stay in like the um kind of the theme and the and the you know the fun of the game because you know you have a voice actor doing voice acting right which is great yeah yeah so the voice acting that was also something that like came to us we we noticed as we play tested we play tested the hell of this game because it just it changed so much over the, the years that we developed it and just some people really shut down when having to read. Um, we wrote in a pirate dialect, which we felt was important, but reading a dialect is not easy. So, yeah. you know, some people can get into it. No big deal. 
they're happy to talk like that. Some people can't, they feel self-conscious. Yeah. And, um, you know, depending on reading level, that can make it much harder to read. Uh, so then when we had the idea of doing the voice acting, it was like, let's just see what it's like. And man, what a difference. Like it really helps people stay in character because you've got people, professional actors talking like pirates and that just, it makes it so much easier for you, the player. Yeah, I think it, it helps with the immersion and it also like to to kind of touch on what you, you know, and, and you guys can go to our YouTube and watch our, our live stream of this, but there was four of us playing and, uh, you know, I was definitely doing a voice. Uh, Connor was trying to do a voice. Spencer could care less and didn't do a voice at all. And then Evan was doing his voice. And so it was like, but I felt like none of us were out of place and we were right. all having fun at no matter like what level of commitment we were we were giving to our quote unquote role in the game. Yeah. There's, there's really no need to talk in character or anything like that. Um, the game will, the game will keep you immersed depending on whatever your level of comfort is. Yeah. What I really like about it is it's the best way to, I, I can describe it to somebody. It's like playing a pirate themed pen and paper, but instead of having someone have to be the narrator and the story, like the game takes care of all that for you. So everyone's kind of sitting quietly while the computer like talks to you, right? Like uh, instead of having to read out a huge chapter of dialogue, um, you've got, which it's the guy, I don't remember his name, but the main one is the guy who voiced Vegeta in Dragon Ball Z. And it's really right. funny to me because uh, every time he gets like a pirate gets mad, you can hear it just a little bit. <laughs> and so like, um, I, you know, the first time we heard it, we we're all like, whoa, wow. We're like, oh boy. Like <laughs> Chris uh, Sabat, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he really- does. He's the narrator, which, which means he reads more than anybody. And he's also then kind of voicing the, the players themselves whenever their characters speak. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's just got a fantastic voice for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, to touch on that, Evan, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's like a pen and paper where the, the game is auto-DMing for you, right? And, like, you're just kind of, you can enjoy playing and being your character and the game is just kind of running it almost it, it's almost on autopilot i know we're doing stuff but like uh, sure so like yeah it's like um it's this crossroad system um that was uh, correct me if i'm wrong but that was first in dead of winter right uh-huh. that was the first crossroad game so you get the problem with that um was you didn't always get to do a crossroad thing in your turn um because maybe you didn't sneeze or maybe something didn't happen um not that game's great and people love it but uh like you'd always be kind of it like you'd move sure. something and look for the guy to like you know read the card and nothing <laughs> yeah, yeah so you do something you you're like just wanting him to read the card, right? Like whatever you could do just to get that huge pile of cards because those were fun. So this actually, you get to do that. Like everybody gets to do something and it's not, you're not doing something uh, trying to get the card to proc off. You're like, the game just tells you, hey, here's an option for you now. And that's really cool. And it feels like you're actually getting through that deck of of like cool scenarios and interactions. And Mm -hmm. um, each time you play, like I've played through the first scenario like three or four times at this point. And sure, the beginning and the end are like, you know, what they're supposed to be, but the in-between is always different. And that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I've played that a million times because that's how we demo. That's how we, what we test with um, initially. And I could still play it. Like I pretty yeah, much dude. know everything, but it just, every time you play with different people, people do different stuff. Even the same group will do different things. So it's, yeah, I could still happily play it and be no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, that tile system, you know, so basically when uh, you're moving your ship, uh, you pop a, a, you know, it's a blind pull of a tile and that tile does something or does nothing or, you know, it all depends on the number. 
Um, but that definitely changes the dynamics because we had played, we actually played the second uh, level after the stream, uh, after we had dinner, we were eating dinner and drinking and we we're like, let's keep going. And so we played the second level and I think we got housed by the Kraken like within like two. Kraken like, <laughs> and then the Megalodon right after. It yeah, yeah. We, it. yeah, we got the Kraken and then the Megalodon and we were like, well, that's it. That's game. <laughs> but that's, I think uh, we didn't see that coming. So, so when you guys uh, were, were kind of putting thought into this, how many like iterations did it take before you, you kind of got down the randomness factor of, of the tile system? Yeah, so more than I could probably even say mm. because there were time by the time like the game would reach me and, and it would come to me in chunks right so there was um, Isaac was doing a lot of the developing and then he'd send it out to Joe Joe would test I tested every now and then but it was much much rare so I would it would come to me in these different iterations and there were probably iterations in between each of the ones that I saw so I mean, it was just, and then, you know, then we we go to a big convention and in the course of all the playtesting we would do at those conventions, it might change three or four times, you know, based on the feedback we'd be getting. So, I mean, it's really hard to say. What we knew, we knew because it's a cooperative game, you've got to have a mechanism that's forcing people to move along so it's not too easy, right? So there's, mm -hmm. there's definitely that timer element, um, both in threat, which forces you to keep moving along through the story or else. There's the literal timer when you're choosing actions so that it's not too easy to just sit and choose what's optimal. But despite those timing elements, we wanted it to be kind of casual. We wanted people to just relax and have fun. Um, that was really important to us. So there's strategy, sure, but we also wanted people just to be able to relax and do whatever that they wanted in the world. So there's a lot of stuff in there that's designed to help you just relax and to show you that while your choices matter, you can still do whatever you want. As long as you're not just blatantly reckless, it's going to be okay. So um, that's really why we have that timer. You know, when you're choosing your actions on the, at the different locations, mm -hmm. that timer is there to free you up. So you're not, us, you know, just feel bound to look at the best possible action. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Just have fun. Choose what looks like the most fun. And that's cool. I like I, how you can't like because player. of that uh, that casualness and the timer like it's you can't get that quarterback player necessarily who's just gonna right. like that's a problem with like so pandemic legacy is one of my favorite board games legacy season one two yeah the one real good <laughs> um, and I put this right up you there mean with forgotten it. waters is your <laughs> yeah, favorite well I put board this game. <laughs> right up there with it for me because it was the first time I bring it up to my buddy's house we're like all right we're gonna play through this game and we open it up. And we were kind of just like blown away because we weren't expecting it to be right. what it what it was. And so we, you know, we we got it out, and uh, we got got my laptop out. We started playing, and you know, we try to make it because we'll have um like his some friends will come and go, and as we'll play, we'll you know add them in and out. And we're we always try to make sure we don't quarterback because we know like we've played these games so many times. Like legacy pandemic, I can play it by myself, but that's not sure. fun. That's like not fun for anybody else. So this is great where I'm just like, don't even read the side, just pick colors. Like red, we have to go to blue. You can't double up and green as many as you want. Um, so explaining it's really easy and it feels really nice for a change where I can just say, yeah, man, just do whatever you want. As long as someone's on a red, who cares? And it kind of works out like in the end, you know? 
Yeah. So there's a trust issue, right? Like it's a, it's a little trust exercise. Yeah. So, the, so the beginning of the game, everyone's nervous. There's usually like a couple of complaints like, wait, I can't read it. Like, what do you mean? I can't read it. Yeah, yeah. And, but then like you do it and you're like, Oh, everything's okay. And then you start to relax and you're like, I can have a little fun here. And so, yeah, by the time you get into the other scenarios, hopefully you're, you're feeling very free to make some decent choices for the ship. You know, you don't want to burn through the supplies for greedy reasons perhaps, but you definitely can take a little time to rest on that grassy knoll over there just to see what happens, just because. No, sure. So uh, you made a good point with the book. Um, like, nobody really, not that nobody wants to, but it, it's kind of rough to read through a whole thing. And um, so did you work on Seafall at all? No, no. So Seafall was a Rob Davial game uh, that came to us. Like, it was entirely outside. We just, you know, he said, I've got a legacy game. We said, yes, Rob Davial, we would like yeah. to produce that. <laughs> And uh, so my, my biggest complaint with that when I, I've played a couple rounds of it and right, we just came off uh, pandemic legacy season one. So we're hungry for legacy games. Like, oh, this, right. is, this is the future, right? So we got it and we played two games and we kind of stopped. Uh, like I couldn't like, cause the game is very cutthroat and it is. Yes. When you're reading um, like it's, it, there's a lot to it where like the players weren't in, but man, this is like my best way to describe this is if you didn't, weren't enthralled by Seafall, Forgotten Waters is like everything you kind of wanted it to be, where it's like you get Red 2, which is super cool. I didn't know I wanted that, but yes, I do now. Uh, <laughs> uh, and like it's, you still get that, like the, that, that setting and that excitement, and it feels legacy, even though it's kind of not. Like you still get that every time it's different and it's exciting and you're, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and it's just how it's, you know, developed like that. So I, if I, another recommendation for this would be, Hey, if you weren't super jazzed by Seafall, um, Forgotten Waters to me was like everything I wanted to be hundred percent in. Like I, I, that's all I could think about when I was playing this. I'm like, man, I wish this was that. Like when I, when I got it like a couple of years ago, it's an odd compliment, but we, we appreciate it. Yeah, I know. That. Sorry. I didn't mean to come off like that. I just remember. <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. It's, it's fine. It's, it's, we work fine. on honesty on this podcast. <laughs> I just no. was like, I remember playing, uh, like being so hyped for Seafall and I got it and I didn't dislike it, but we played a couple rounds and I'm like, oh, no, well, he didn't, he didn't like it. Well, it's like Risk Legacy too, where don't let him fool you. we got into it and we're like, eh, well, this is okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it's perfectly fine. Um, yeah. So when we first were doing Forgotten Waters, I think there was the thinking of making it a campaign game. Um, and we, we talked about it a lot. I mean, even argued. I remember I was pretty passionate that it should be a campaign game at first, which I totally admit now was wrong. I'm glad mm-hmm. we did it this way. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a lot of back and forth on that. And I think, I think a campaign game would have been wrong because there's a certain amount of seriousness that tends yeah. to need to go along with a campaign game. So this, this casual, it's a casual game. Um, and so this is, it definitely serves it better. Yeah. Well, and I mean, to like add on to that, so I was just thinking about that. It's funny you said that. Uh, is that for, for people listening, um, it for sure is a casual game. So like, for instance, after our live stream, we had my fiance play and she hates board games and she really liked this game and was like, oh, wow, this is fun. And like, she, she even came up with a character voice and like did her whole thing. and <laughs> nice. loved it. Yeah. And so for casual, like that's as casual as you can friggin' get as her, right? So she, so she was in it. But then also, like I was thinking about it as we're playing, like there's opportunity there to almost uh, to be strategic too and try to level up 
your character because so really uh you know for everybody uh listening that hasn't played it you're trying to as a crew succeed but also there's some story elements for your individual character that as you level up your character you're going to get that better there's it's uh what bad good best storyline and so you're yeah. ba- you know you don't know you want it until the first time you don't get it yeah, you, <laughs> it's like you see someone else get a cool story. Like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, when you get the bad storyline yeah. for your character, but then your buddy got the best one, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were to, if once you learn the game, you can work together, and you can probably beat most of the stories if everyone's just working together seriously, and you know, you're not taking care of yourself. But that, and that's really part of why we have that, right? Like, it's really easy to just say, you, you know, I contributed to the group, and that was enough but the endings matter like some yeah, of them are really really bad <laughs> some of them are just like you know your your character can be you know jump off a cliff or they can become a king like there's a huge difference and um yeah some of them are pretty unique too some of them are pretty are pretty fun so well, you've got to take care of yourself a little bit and i heard when you guys were doing your playthrough i don't remember who it was but someone's like well you know i'm just the guy over here trying to take care of everything on the ship <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I've been there, right? Because yeah. at some point, hungry through again? <laughs> at some point, someone's a little bitter that yeah. they are behind and they're like, I'm trying to help everyone. It's like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And you're losing. Yeah. <laughs> you're losing, aren't you? Yeah. And there's points in the, like, there was the, uh, not the one on stream, but our second game, like, there was a point in the game where I'm like, man, I really want to go first. Uh, and I could have just, like, not fed the crew or fed or let them storm the, the, the stores, right? So that I could get my infamy up. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And everyone just looked at me like I just committed murder uh, in real life. And we uh, had six supplies left, Jay. <laughs> you only needed four. That was insane. We had six supplies left. I was tired of going last. I kept having to do red. I hated it. That's uh, right. Yeah, see? And I couldn't level up my character. Um, but I think, to that, um, for anybody who didn't see our stream, but, like, you you almost get you, you, you almost get attached to your character beyond it being your character because I think smartly with that the star system that, you know, as you level up and you get to those those levels, there's a story that goes along with it that you mad libbed into it, right? And that's, that's actually genius. It like, is genius. For like, real, like, that's, that's, that was made me... So I've played so many games where you get a character and I'm like, I am Thorgar, the warrior. I yeah. take my two-handed mace and whack the evil wizard, right? This right. Is, my last one, I was a, a magically enchanted skeleton. And man, I didn't know how much I wanted that in my life until I started reading... <laughs> like his story and the like the mad lip that goes with it and then his like i got the bad ending and it was very sad uh, it the, was the, the legendary ending is like super funny uh because we've been playing a lot of sea of thieves it's like skeletons and ghosts are a thing now and i'm like oh wow i'm like one of those cool skeletons right like uh so that's uh uh so like that i didn't know i wanted that in a game like this and it really worked it's really a lot of fun it's really cool yeah so like what was the process behind the character like mad lib leveling up system yeah, so I would say the development of this game probably mimicked video, development of a video game more than anything else that we did. You know, a video game, you have a general design, right? But then you build it and you play it. And then over the course of a video game's development, it can change. It could be a completely different genre of game sometimes. Um, there could be radical departures. And really that's how this was too. We knew we wanted the players to have agency and feel like they had characters 
and originally you really didn't have one. You made up a name and everything, but that's, that's all it was. And then, so we started thinking of different ways to make them. We just felt you had to have a uh, character because it's sort of like, you know, there's this like party game element to it, but it's also RPG like. So it just, it felt important to have your own character. And so we did that and we're like, okay, they've got characters, but it doesn't mean anything. How do we make it mean something? And yeah, cause we'd played around with the stats and stuff, but that only means so much. And that's when Isaac hit on the whole Mad Libs idea. So you've got a personal story that you work to unlock. And he had like the, the Mad Libs thing that we, we had sort of put in there. Like that was a lot of fun. And then we started playing around with the idea of different endings. And we're like, can we do that? Like, is that too bonkers? Because let me tell you something. <laughs> There's a ridiculous amount of work that goes into writing 21 different stories that all can somehow tie into the five main storylines. Um, but yeah, somehow we, somehow we did that, but it was all very much for like, we just, we invent one little thing. We play with it, come back, develop another little thing to go along with it. And, um, and yeah, very piecemeal. Yeah. And I think with that, um, I, I think it was really smart and interesting too, to have all those be printable. So I, you know, you get the little pad of character sheets with the game and of course you're going to run out of them right because you're writing on them so that's going to go quick and to just make those available on your website to print so that you could replenish that is is amazing oh yeah I mean, people wouldn't have liked it any other way so i mean i as a player i certainly wouldn't like that so yeah yeah we'll, we'll make more pads available sometimes people just like the luster of a professionally printed pad but yeah, right yeah. Um, yeah downloads totally the way to go print them off yourself and that way you never have to worry about having enough well, what's super cool about it is it's uh a it's the first time everyone's just smiling before the game even starts because they've written something like they find really funny or uh right. everyone's just excited to like tell you their little story and so that's super cool but also making like if you ever want to expand you didn't kind of write yourself into a corner here you can like let's say it's a a holiday and you're like here's a couple of free holiday characters for you know you could the the amount of expansion you can do is super cool like it's super exciting to see that it's very you can even just change like a number if you want to on one of the adventures uh-huh. like 15's going to be this this week you know whatever you want <laughs> like that's i think that's really kind of like the more you look into it the the, the amount of space you have to play and it's just really so incredible. without saying too much one of the cool things about having a web app is you can update the content whenever you want mm-hmm. so we've already gone in with fixed errors um you know, done lots of little tweaking here and there. We've adjusted difficulty as people have talked about certain missions. Um, one of the things you can do is you can add all the content you want. So we have a number of entries that the app identifies as not belonging to a particular scenario that could pop up anywhere. Mm-hmm. And the app, as long as you don't clear your history, will remember all of the entries that you've read. So if you trigger an entry that you've had before, the app might say, do we have anything else that could fit? And it might pull that up instead. Oh, that's so actually cool. really awesome. Because <laughs> I was and, worried about that. Oh, man, yeah. that's cool. And then on top of that, you can have crossroads where it's the exact same crossroad with the exact same choices, but the results might be different. So you might try to game it, and there might be times where you actually can't because we're, you know, we've already got a little something for you there. <laughs> that's so, super awesome, too. It's Man. just enough to provide a little variety. And that doesn't include stuff like 
you know, new characters, new main storylines, which of course, you know, we're going to want to have stuff like that too. Yeah. And so for those of you that aren't aware, so basically in the app, you'll read a tile, a number, you enter it into the system, a little voiceover story will happen. Then it'll give you an AB choice and they're both kind of ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> and, and then that dictates where the story goes from there. And I, and like we, even when we were playing, it'd be like an argument. Well, the more pirate thing to do is this, but I don't I really know. like Captain Vance. Yeah, but I, I like him. him. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting his pineapple stew, darn it. <laughs> I really appreciate it too that you you wanted to make sure Vance got his stew. I thought. That oh was man, great. like I'm 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 ride or die Vance. So like yeah. anything he wants, anytime I've played and someone wants to do something mean to him, like no no no, he's an angel. You leave him alone. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that because so we really wanted people to love Captain Vance. I think he's a great guy. I want him to be my captain. So. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, for real. Like, even when we're uh, we're you know playing other piratey games, and someone says like, "You're no Captain Vance. How dare you say this?" <laughs> then like the the other guy on the second adventure, I can't even remember his name. Um, oh, there's Captain Akora, who's in the yes. witch's hearts. Yeah, yeah, that he's guy. much more serious. You like? <laughs> you, do you like Akora? So, um, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, yeah, he's fine. Like, he's actually like he's a cool. He's an interesting trade-off. So, like the first one, Vance is like a nice guy uh-huh. like, you want to see him succeed because he's almost he was, like our grandfather Vance is your buddy yeah like, you you know at every point even if you're like suspicious of some of his intentions he loves you he's like yeah. Santa Claus yeah he's no, gonna take real, care though. of you man when like at the end uh don't like, you spoil it. I'm not I'm not I'm saying like um depending on how it works out you know we were like really excited for yeah. more right and then we got to uh Koro and he he's a different guy <laughs> right uh-huh. like he's very strict and we're like uh like the first thing you run to is like a, a vine thieves right and i'm like i don't even know if i care <laughs> about like bringing these back to this guy which is a funny entry which i don't want to spoil either but uh that's that's a hard part about talking about the game because you want like we were even debating streaming it um yeah. because it's so like some of the excitement is like running into that thing the first time yeah. like yeah, uh, I never. I had we the first time I played through, I never opened the can, the magic can, and then, right. uh, then the second time we played through, we did, and man, that was a good. I haven't had a good like an original laugh like that at a game, <laughs> right? Because it was just so well. And there's some other like cheeky references throughout throughout, and the, you take very pirate turns to them. Again, I I don't want to spoil them, but the more I play, I'm like, man, what else is this? Like, what's the next adventure going to bring? So I don't even yeah. care if I lose sometimes. Uh, Cause I just want to see, like, I would be willing to take a risky thing just to see what, what it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like what the cool thing is and like the pirate names are great, man. It's just so much is good. There's uh, so like, for, well, first of all, with the captains, like we definitely want each one to feel different. So captain Vance, it's your first one. We want him to be as lovable as possible. And there's other lovable ones. I think um, I like Stroopwaffle a lot. Cause she's kind of crazy. She's a little, she's kooky, but she's, she's likable. She's a good person for a pirate. Um, I think, I think the rules actually say that like in the story, the intro, it's like, despite all the, the butchering and stuff, she's actually a real, real good person. Um, and then there's captain Swift and she's really dark and you don't quite know what she's doing. And then there's one captain who you just start the scenario being completely suspicious of them. And that's uh, captain uh, Calhoun. The whole the whole thing is you're pretty sure she's somebody else and she's wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so you pretty much start the game kind of hating her just just because. Like just by default, you're sort of against her. 
So yeah, we try to make their uh, trying to make a good good mix of captains, and that's that's a big part of the fun. Or, um, in fact, well, no, I, I can't say. Okay, <laughs> right? Fine. It's hard. Like you, uh, you just want to keep talking well, about. It, yeah, so I think that that's part of the the nice part too. Like uh, the emotional investment that you end up having through all these the character development between the captains, between your character, between you know the players that are playing in real life. There's there's a lot of emotions that end up getting attached to stuff, and you're just like. Like, you know, it can, you can go on these really funny highs and then like the next scenario, it gets real dark real quick. And you're like, oh man, this, this, this that, yeah, that actually, kind of dark. I guess it is something that, that struck me is sometimes there's a lot of things that are very happy go lucky. Then all of a sudden you run to one where dude just got murdered. You know, like <laughs> it's pirates though, right? So it, you can kind of like, it's just kind of part of it. Uh, yeah. But you're like, oh, ha, oh, why sh- whoa. You know, you have to like take a step back for a minute. Like, <laughs> so, oh, uh-huh. So was that a conscious decision for those roller coasters or was that just something that came out as you, as the game progressed in development? It was originally the intention. I believe what Isaac wanted was something that was a bit more, a little less silly. There'd be silliness, but lots of equal amounts of seriousness. Mm. And we ended up going more silly, but we wanted in order to make the world have a little weight to it and feel like, there were consequences to things and choices still mattered. Yeah. There's definitely some darkness in there. And um, I think we just kept playing around with it until we felt it felt right. That the mix was good. Like captain Okoro's story. <laughs> there's nothing happy about his story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like we tell you at the very beginning, like this is a beloved captain, but his life sucks right now. Yeah. Um, like his wife just died. He's a mess and he wants to do something kind of dark. <laughs> And so, yeah, we established that right away. And we let the, you know, the way, um, you know, look at like a Monty Python movie, like um, particularly like the meaning of life. Like it's a really dark movie and that movie goes to some super dark places and they just, they'll take you to the limit where you're just like, Oh my God, this is like the most depressing meditation (laughs) on life I've ever seen. And the very end, they're like, Hey, but cheer up. You know what? Life's about being good to people and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And you get to laugh. You're like, Oh, I feel better. It's kind of like, I don't want to see what we were going specifically for that just came to mind, but yeah, definitely that sort of mix of toying with the funny and the morass. Well, I think, I think you need that for buy-in. For, for, from the players right like you need yeah. that those emotional highs and lows that's how you get attention in a game and i i think it, it was done really well i feel like it's really balanced i mean there's there's definitely points where it's a stark contrast but i think you, you need that because then you're like oh okay we were just laughing but yeah now a bunch of people just <laughs> well, a lot of it's just the nature of random it's hard to control yeah right? like it's uh, yeah like one of my biggest uh one of my favorite games was prince of persia sands of time uh not the OG3, but the one that came out after was like cell shaded. And it the idea was the main character be, gets this relationship with this girl. And as you do the dungeons, you're supposed to do them in a certain way, but you had freedom to do them any way you wanted. And so you do one and they're like, really like, you know, we can get out of this together. We can go. And then you do another one. And it's like, I don't know you da, 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 da. you're because you didn't do them right the way yeah. they wanted you to, but they gave you the freedom to do it. So uh, that was like a weird narrative, like dissonance, uh, where it's not nowhere near like that in this. But every once in a while, you'll have like a uh, a jokey thing that all of a sudden uh, you stomp the guy to death. You're like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> pirates. Oh, yeah. I forgot we were pirates. Yeah, yeah, for a, for a minute, I forgot. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I, there's one. There's one. It's this encounter with um, 
I won't give it away, but this character named Lil Gertie, um, where you're doing, and we definitely play off that a lot. Like a lot of times you're doing violence and there's no repercussions. And then sometimes there's like terrible repercussions. <laughs> yes, yes. Like this is murder. Remember that? And like, yeah, Lil Gertie is one that sticks with people. They tend to remember that because there's some things that can happen. There's some consequences that can follow you mm. that are kind of fun. So um, one of the things uh, as we kind of wind down here that I wanted to talk about is I, I know the game's newer, but uh, you guys have been very active as far as providing, I think the app gives you that freedom, but also like uh, if, can you explain the remote assistant oh, yeah. for us? Like, I think that's huge. Yeah. So um, we released the game or we tried to release the game just hmm. as the COVID-19 pandemic was yep. hit in the U.S., uh, which just messed up everything. We wanted to, the game was supposed to come out a lot sooner. Um, we got it to people who did pre-orders, not too far off the mark, but I mean, it just came out uh, this month for um, for retail. And you know, this is a game we say supports three to seven players. Um, and it's like, well, who's playing with seven players right now? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, not everyone can meet. And then, uh, you know, we've got wave two of this pandemic happening and it may become even more restrictive now. So people are turning to different options to be able to play games and uh, the tabletop simulators there, Board Game Arena, all those. Um, but this isn't really a game that works out so well for that. So I know people were working on like a tabletop simulator app but we just, we really wanted to, I don't know, you've got like a responsibility to help people. Like we, we make luxury products. If you're in the board gaming industry, what you're making is a luxury product. Um, it, it's got an expense to it that not everyone can afford. It's, you know, we, we buy these, you know, countless, countless games. I've got a huge collection myself and it's a luxury and it's a nice to have. But in moments like this, when everything's really grim and people have to take care of themselves, you've sort of got this obligation to be like, hey, let us help entertain you. So we wanted to do something. I know some companies have given out like some free print and plays and stuff, but we wanted to do something. Um, and Joe, our tech guy said, you know what? I think we could make our own app that could like facilitate online play. And we all said, sure, but <laughs> we couldn't imagine what it'd be like. We're like, yeah, okay, Joe, right. good luck with that. <laughs> and the next thing we know, he's like, I'm almost done. <laughs> and it's it's really cool um it lets you play forgotten waters online with friends uh like three i think it's three to seven i can't remember exactly or four to seven um and only one person needs a copy of the game so one person will set up the map they can set up the tiles the ship and they can they can um you know broadcast that they can put that in their uh the camera for everyone else but the app will run everything else um so that this this little app so it people sign into it they choose the different roles and you've basically got a display right there on your, on your computer or tablet or whatever that shows everything it shows the location book helps you lets you choose roles um anything that you could do with the board game you can do within that app for the most part so you know it, it just it's it's really fun like it, we we played with it um we've, we played with it a bunch i play with, it with my own family uh, and it just, it really does make connecting online easy and it's free too. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. righteous. Yeah. As long as somebody's got it, you can, you can get out there and play the game. So here's more of a philosophical question about gaming in general in the future. Yeah. I think that in a lot of industries, the, you know, our current situation has really opened our eyes on how we connect, right? Like zoom 
yeah. as we're recording on right now, like that's, that's a big thing that boosted, right? So do you think when you're, and I'm sure you're currently developing new games, but when you're looking at the next games, do you think that digital is going to play a, a larger role um, like specifically in relation to the remote assistant, you know, in this game, do you find that that's going to play a bigger role in the games as you guys develop for the future? Yes, uh, undoubtedly. Um, I, I know we all hope that um, there'll be a vaccine tomorrow, but um, all the experts tend to say that this is actually going to be with us in ways that we don't realize for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, the last time we developed a vaccine, it took five years to develop. Um, and we've got some really promising stuff and antiviral stuff like that, but there, there's a change here that's happening. Um, and if there's going to be some permanent, so we're going to see different industries change in ways we didn't quite expect. It's not just because there's a virus present. It's going to be because the virus ravaged so much that things had to change and now they're just different and that's the way they are. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of historians looking back at this period saying, and that's why we do it this way. People will be like, Oh, <laughs> there was a virus yeah i i think so I, I, we don't want to we're, we're definitely a tabletop company oh yeah we're making tabletop products but we're definitely going to be looking at ways that um you know we can have digital implementations of different kinds it won't be that we're gonna have a digital version of every game but like right now um our first game was called summoner wars it's a card game excellent game uh, yeah. uh thanks uh so we were working on summoner wars second edition Oh, cool. um, which is really exciting. It's looking really promising, but obviously right now people aren't sitting down with their friends to play it. So we made an app that's just for Summoner Wars um, for our play testers. Um, so it makes it easy for them to, any, you know, anyone in the world to sit down, play it online. Works really well. It's, if you've ever played any, you know, um, anything like Tabletop Simulator, it's pretty similar. Um, so we, you know, we've used that to help us um, just test games going forward we have some more ideas we love the narration so we've got some other uh, games that are probably going to be using the similar style of mm -hmm. app play uh, and so in order for us to test that we're using the same tools we made forgotten water you know we used to make forgotten waters because um, it's the only way if you're going to have a, a, a narrated experience you've in order to play test it you've actually got to have that ready to go so people can see what it feels like well, and I don't think it's a negative thing at all to accelerate the, and I don't, you know, I'm not looking, I, I rail on TTS all the time about how much I hate it because it's allowing me to play games, which is great, but it's not allowing me to play the games I want in the way I want to play them. Right. right. And right. so I totally get still having tabletop, like I'm a hundred percent on board with that. But I think that there needed to be a marriage between, you know, current technologies and board games. I think that's the only way that the industry is going to survive and go to that next level and, and, and increase awareness of games like Forgotten Waters. Like if I can have buy the game myself or Evan can buy the game and I can now include seven of my or six of my friends to have a seven person game and they don't have to buy the game immediately. I know for a fact that, the, you know, I, I know it's counterintuitive, but a lot of people would go, oh, shit, that was a really good game, and then they'll buy it, right? And then that's, you know, so that's, it's almost like an additional marketing tool, even though it seems counterintuitive at the beginning. There's been a, an argument from the beginning about do digital implementations help sell physical games? And we don't really know the answer to it. 
<laughs> so like the first real shocking one that I think hit the board game industry was Ascension um, mm-hmm. because Ascension had a really good digital implementation. Playdeck did an amazing job with Ascension and Ascension sales shot through the roof, right? So the general line of thinking was digital sales are great for games, but then a lot of people jumped in to do it too and they didn't necessarily get that effect. So it's like, okay, well, maybe the Ascension was the first example and that's why it took off. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think, I think we're going to see a lot more digital in the future, but I think we'll probably also see some backlash and we'll see people start to appreciate the physical even more. Um, well, I think it's, it's the same with anything, right? Like it's the same with, uh, with Kickstarter board games, right? Right. Like, yeah, there's a ton that are successful because they're good games. And that, but then there's, you know, a bunch that are fails because they weren't that great of a game or they didn't have that great of a premise that was, you know what I mean? And I think this is the same. Or you have the ultimate Kickstarter situation where they are great games that are huge successes and they still fail because yeah, that's right. how Kickstarter is. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's going to be a good combo and I think it's just going to be dependent on the subject matter and the playability of games, right? Whether it's successful or not. I know it's hard to just gauge, but that's what happens with trends, right? Is everyone jumps on board and they're like, well, that didn't work. And was like, no, your game sucks. That's why it didn't work. But you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for us, we've been doing narrative games for a long time. Um, and that's something that people like from us. Yep. And what we've discovered with Forgotten Waters is this is a great way to do narrative. It takes a lot of the overhead out of the equation, makes everything easier. You don't have to be an actor. It's immersive. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely see some more of this from us. And of course, we want to make more Forgotten Waters content too, because yeah. uh, it's been a hit and uh, it's the kind of game that will definitely benefit from more content. Well, and I think it's the commitment to to the story and to the immersiveness. Like, for instance, for everyone out there, they just added Forgotten Waters cocktails to the websites so that you can <laughs> drink like a pirate whilst you're playing like a pirate. And so, I mean, I, but that's that's the key to this, right? To games is, um, especially today, you, you're trying to pull people out of their lives. It's it's no different than any other entertainment, movies, video games. You're trying to pull someone out of their lives so that they can have an enjoyable two to four hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, entertainment should be part art, uh, but then there's also that need for pulp uh, because pulp's important too, just mindless fun. And um, yeah, there, there's need for more of those two things right now than ever before. But I think especially just silly fun. That's definitely something that is needed. In some ways, you know, as much as COVID really disrupted our plans for Forgotten Waters, uh, it's a great time to release the game. Like, I think it's a really, I think it's a good game for the time that we're in. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. you guys rose to it as well, yeah, right? And I, th- I think the combination between the app you already had going into it and now having remote assistant really, I think, makes it like more, double down. Yeah, yeah, double down on it. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll save our game about famines and um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, back Just, shelf real. Yeah, I would, bury, <laughs> I would bury that in the backyard right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's so. So for everybody out there, uh, Evan and I, we have a playthrough on our YouTube channel. Highly recommend this game. Um, I've had a ton of fun. I've only played it twice, and I honestly can't wait. Uh, you know, we're going to have a big game day on Saturday. Not big. There's just a handful of us. But, w- you know, we're going to have a game day on Saturday. And I, I kind of want to play that game sure, again on yeah. Saturday. So, um, but yeah, Mr. Bistro, thank you so much for, for joining us. 
I appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys having me. And uh, thanks for the kind words. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to us online. Uh, anyone that's listening, if uh, you want to connect. Yeah, you guys are Twitter, Facebook, all that, right? Yeah, all the usual jazz. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks. Thanks again. All right. Join us next week for another edition of the Fifth Trooper podcast. This has been a Fifth Trooper production.